Bienvenue au Pont pour la Mission. Welcome to Bridges for Mission. Bienvenido au Ponte à Mission. Huaning, huaning. This is Bridges for Mission. Bienvenue na Pont pour Mission. Welcome to another episode of B4M. My name is Nicole Cox and I will be overseeing the episode today because I have a very special treat for you. In the end of April to the beginning of May, I had the honor to lead a group of five to Japan to go and serve alongside Leanne and Gordon Huang in Rifu, Japan. So in this episode, it will be very different than what you would normally hear from us. We will not be asking a ton of questions because these clips that you're about to hear are live recordings the day of the event. So you may hear some people asking some questions um, and then other times you'll just hear people come on and speak about an experience that we had that day. So you will be hearing mainly from three of the team members um, one is name is Trey, the second is Regan, and the third is Sandra. So we hope that you enjoy the sneak peek into our short-term mission trip into Japan. Among the cultural experiences that we will have here in Japan, one of the first ones that we are getting to experience is the ramen fest. So Regan, how did you like the ramen? So after you get your ticket, you go into the line of the ramen that you want, and they have this very organized layout to save space efficiently with cones and lines to zigzag the line. And then after you give them your ticket, they would send you to another line to pick up your ramen. Um, everything was very efficient and, and um, diligent in how they use their time and space. And as I got to the front of the line, I noticed that um, you know, they were asking questions uh, the customer would pay a little bit more money, like a couple more coins. So I was like, oh, what are they doing? I thought we already paid at the vending machine. And apparently they were paying for paying more money if they wanted extra toppings. And so here I kind of started to freak out and didn't really know what to do, but I just started observing them and trying to see what they were doing. Um, and that's when I figured out that, oh, they were trying to buy toppings. And so, um, I eventually figured out, got my toppings, went to the other line to wait for my ramen, and um, eventually got my ramen. Um, and of course, it was really delicious. I got a pork broth ramen. Um, point being that uh, throughout this festival, not only did I get to eat really good ramen from around the world, but um, just simply how Japan is efficient and all that they do, even from the vending machine line all the way to um, how they set up their lines uh, was really cool to see and um, just how different their culture is from American culture. So today we stopped at a normal Japanese custom known as an onsen, which is a naturally hot spring which is outside, and they're public baths. So we would, so we went and we washed ourselves completely, got ourselves nice and clean, and we went and sat in these really 
hot springs and it was one of the more relaxing things that I've ever done. They had four levels all with different temperatures and you can you could see the steam coming off of the water and you could feel like the natural springs just pouring in. It was a very, very nice experience. Very nice. It was, since it was also outside, you could see the trees and you can see flowers and you can see this is the moon, the skylight and the skyline. It yeah. It was very nice. The first night it was actually a little rainy. So you could feel cold raindrops hitting you on your face while you're in the hot water. And it was so nice. It felt so nice. It was really great. So I'm here with Trey. And this morning we went to the Nozomi Project. So Trey, tell us a little bit about the Nozomi Project and what we did. So while we were at the Nozomi Project, we learned all about their story and how impactful their work has been. Honestly, it was something, some of the most impactful things I've heard. They actually put their shop right in the heart of where the tsunami hit Japan. And they've been there for over 10 years now. They've been making jewelry out of the broken pottery that they find from events such as the tsunami or anything else. And it's just so inspirational to see how far they've been able to go and how long they've been able to go. Because, like, it's just, that's just wow to me. Um, their slogan is beauty and brokenness. And I feel like that's just so representative of what the community needed to see, especially after the tsunami hit. I'm sure that a lot, there's a lot of people that were, like, really down and they didn't understand what was going on and they didn't know, they didn't know where their next meal was going to come from, honestly. But there were still people who were able to find the beauty in the broken broken pieces of pottery and they're able to make them into the most stunning pieces that I've seen. So it's been, it was a really, really nice experience. Oh, the Nozomi project. I have to admit, I really bought more than I should and don't tell anybody, but they're all for me. <laughs> so, um, as for the Nozomi project, that was a very, very fun experience to hear how the concept of the jewelry was being made. Um, I've made jewelry for years and I use oddball things and create, create jewelry too. But, um, to see that the quality of their pieces and the quantity of the amount of china and pottery that they've found or have been given and donated from other earthquakes from Japan um, is just astounding to me. <clears throat> the sakura pieces with all the cherry blossoms really hit hard to me because that's my family name from my husband and so I had to have a piece of that the 
women, the women that were trying to provide for their families during this time of trauma, how they picked themselves up and created this beautiful artwork, I commend them. And continue to this day, the parents can work on their own schedule and everybody is a family in the middle of this devastated area. Um, it was just, it was very, um, I was very excited to see where this project goes and where it takes us. Beans at the, at our church, the Japanese Baptist church in Seattle. Um, I've seen some pieces from their earlier stuff and their quality has gone up tremendously since the earlier stuff. Um, so they learn as they're going and it's just amazing to me. Hey Trey, you're out here on this beautiful island in Japan. How are you feeling? It's one of the more beautiful things I've ever seen. Um, the air is very crisp. The water is very relaxing. Serene? I think that's a good word. I think that's a good feeling. You know, I think it would be like, it would be really cool to go like visit these islands. But like, this is really what I was trying to see when I came, when I wanted to come to Japan. Something like this whole type of landscape. So now I feel, I feel complete. So I'm here with Regan and him and Nicole actually just met with the mayor of Rifu. Regan, can you tell us about this experience that you just had? Um, it was actually a huge honor. Uh, just knowing how much time he was taking out of his day to get to know us better, asking us where we were and etc. cetera. Uh, I'm sure that's a formality thing of how most conversations go in Japan, but I felt like it was still a huge honor. Uh, he seemed very professional about it and very charismatic. It was like his his voice wasn't monotone, but more controlled and professional. Um, and he was a very likable guy. And you could tell he was really uh, a good mayor that's interested in what the people want and um, for the well-being of the people. Later, he led us into his tea room and performed a tea ceremony for us. And here, I felt super honored. I felt so very, I felt very special as if I felt very special since I know that he probably doesn't perform this for just anyone. It honestly reminded me of how God, the God of Most High, spends time to get to know us individually, patiently, and not in any rush. Mm -hmm. It made me experience the depth of God's love more and understand that in a new way. And that's kind of how I felt when the mayor was doing the tea ceremony for me, Nicole, and um, Leanne and Gordon or the two missionaries that were with us. Um, so it was a really good experience and I definitely also got to experience the business culture of Japan and where they exchange business cards um, mm -hmm. with everyone there. And that was really cool to see firsthand. And I think it was just a really good experience to meet someone in uh, the Japanese government system. Definitely. Tea ceremonies are a very big honor. Nicole, how did you feel about meeting the mayor of Rifu? 
Um, honestly, the tea ceremony for me was the highlight of the visit because of that. Um, because of the the process of, of him to learn the tea ceremony and then to take that extra time um, after we met and talked with him to do that for us was it was it was major. I mean, we were complete strangers to him. And after meeting with us, he, you know, he said, come to my secret room. And it was for the tea ceremony. And it was absolutely beautiful. And just the, the manner and the humbleness of him serving tea to complete strangers um, was just beautiful and breathtaking. And at the end, Gordon asked, how can we pray for you? And he said, no, 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 don't pray for me. Pray for my people. Mm. pray that we have what you know that I can give them what they need and um, we can find resources and we can do this and we can do that and just the automatic response of no don't pray for me pray for my people there was no hesitation for him to say pray for my people instead of me so it was just a beautiful time spent with him and Leanne and Gordon and Regan um, and just to have that opportunity while in Japan was amazing it's interesting that you say that he had that humbleness about himself. That made me think of Galatians 5, verse 14. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So it sounds like he's more with the amount of... I feel like that can show you how much love he has, not only for himself, but for his people. Because if you're able to put people before yourself it shows that selflessness and not selfishness mm -hmm. which I believe is very important for someone that's in such a high position mm -hmm. and it still takes so much love to put them before you and to love them so much that you would say no it's not about me it's about them that's what Christ tells us to do Amen. so today we went to the 311 Museum. It's commemorated for all the lives that were lost during the tsunami that happened in 2011. And it was a very powerful experience. I would say it was the most profound thing that we've seen in Japan, that I've seen in Japan. While we were there, we were able to see a, a video about how powerful the tsunami actually was and the, the terror that it caused. And we learned about a man whose wife went back to save their dog because she believed that she still had time to make it home and back to where they were in one piece. And she didn't tell her husband that she was going to leave. She just kind of left and she didn't make it back. And we can see, you can see on his face how hard it was for him to process everything and how to how he has to just be strong and live live for her now. But it was a very very powerful experience. The waters were able to reach three point seven meters, which is about twelve and a half feet, and that's on the lowest end of the tsunami. That was the lower end. The higher end, it was about 10 meters when it was actually rolling into the city. And it was just 
it was a lot. To be honest, it was a lot. It's good because you're able to appreciate more what you have and understand that it is still something that it's a blessing that it's not something that we have to deal with and it's not like a constant worry in the back of our mind in America while we have other natural disasters seeing the devastation was um you know you hear about them and I've lived through one but most people haven't so yeah it was a very powerful experience to see that the museum very powerful so I'm here with Nicole um and we just had our arigato party and some of the women in our group had a had the privilege of dressing up in kimonos so Nicole how was that experience yeah it was a little frightening at first when they called us forward saying that uh, myself Sandra and Sarah McCloy who's the new endorsed global servant for Japan um, she was there with the party with us and they called us forward saying that they were going to dress us in traditional kimonos so a young adult that we had the honor to have dinner with last night um, brought her kimono collection and let us pick out the color combination that we wanted to wear and her and two other women and the group um, dressed the three of us and it was something to um, behold and to take part in because it's just a, a very long process um, and just the, the pride and the honor that they take in making sure that all the creases are correct and all the folds are right and that it's tied properly. And the whole process was just really beautiful to, to see and to, to be a part of. But I was a little nervous walking around in them um, because I know how precious they are to the owner. So there was a lot of food and there's a lot of people. So I was a little worried about getting something on it, but thankfully I did not. Um, everything was good, but it was just so good to have her gift that experience to us um, to be able to dress us in her kimono set and to be so proud to watch us walk around for the rest of the evening wearing it and we all looked very beautiful and they were surprisingly very comfortable so it was it was a good time I think one of the most special moments that I had while we were there was at the sayonara party one of the gals that doesn't speak any english was talked into going to the mall the day before with the younger kids so they could watch and go look at anime stuff um and that sunday she dressed in the most beautiful kimono at church service that was during the baptism, um, but she just looked so beautiful. And come to find out that afternoon at the Sayonara party that she was going to bring her collection of her personal kimonos and she wanted to dress us because over there, you don't dress yourself in your kimono. You let the ladies dress you. And so we got to pick out um, kimonos out of her collection and she dressed each one of us she got Sarah Nicole and myself and 
it was fun just to be pampered a little bit after being there for so long and and working for everybody else it was just kind of nice to be you know celebrated I guess you'd say um but the cheers that we got when we came out I mean she was just an amazing young lady um that was just a very special moment for me uh the rest of the sayonara party was just off the hook <laughs> as the young kids would say there was so much food and so many people we it, they were autographing fans for us in their names kanji and some of them would tell us what they mean and it was they were coming to us and saying i want to give my name on your fan you know it's like okay here you go but we were getting dressed in our kimonos so we didn't understand what was going on because we came out and that's what everybody was doing so um yeah it was just kind of fun because i mean the little kids had come up to us at that point and you know they wanted to express their thank yous for us being there and that was their send-off to us so it was it was really special so what did you think do you think you might want to go to japan and serve on a short-term mission trip well, I hope these cultural immersion experiences that you've just listened to piques interest and the possibility. Stay tuned for part two, where we will talk a little more about what we actually did, the service projects and the work that we were able to do while serving. So be sure to tune in to part two. So we thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to our trip to Japan. Until next time.